0: Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. And it's amazing some of the things that we've been uh, doing and how God's just been uh waking us up, and we just went through um, the high holy days, the fall high holy days. Uh, Elul, which, you know, he woke us up. (laughs) And uh, then we had uh, Rosh Hashanah. Uh, He gave us a reset after we woke up and found out what we need to do. Now he reset us. Yom Kippur, we examined ourselves. And uh, now with Sukkot, it's, it's uh, time for us to uh, learn something, to know that, that we're written in the book of life. And uh, it's just amazing how he set everything in order if we pay attention. And I, I was talking uh, or doing some things for Fit for Life, and I found this calendar that I did. I said, you know what, we need to have these calendars out more often so we know the high holy days and what's involved with them and things like that So, and uh, all the seasons. Because God gave us, like Scott said before, um, it's a circle of life. And sometimes we hear that stuff on TV, the circle of life, and all that stuff, but it's real. And sometimes we just blow it off, like, okay, the circle of life, no big deal. But you know, but but it's real. And we have just come through all that, and I, I am amazed at the uh, the wisdom of God that He just pours out on us, and all we have to do is tap into it and have eyes to see. I know uh, Scott and Pastor have been talking about uh, Sukkot, and Scott last time talked about the time of joy and spiritual death last week and celebrating our new connection to God's power and his energy, because he gives us the energy to follow through on all of the things that he's laid out for us. And sometimes we feel confused and all that. But you know what? When we have eyes to see, like Pastor and Scott said, We can see past the physical, see past the things in front of us, and see into the spiritual realm of what God has laid out for us. And I I just get excited (laughs) just knowing that, you know what, I can, with all this stuff going on around us, and I'll talk a little bit more about it, but I don't have to dwell on what the world is telling me. I don't have to I don't have to just look at that stuff and get fearful. I don't have to believe everything that is put out there because I know where my source comes from. I know where my life comes from. I know the things that I'm supposed to do to live that joyous life that God has a pl- already set out a plan for me. Amen. So as we look back over the year, we can see the enemy has and is wreaking havoc all over the world and here in our own backyard. Because look at the things that are happening here in Texas, you know, here in the United States. And it's like, what in the world is going on? And uh, and that's not okay, nor is it God's plan for our lives here. You know, we've been set apart from the rest of the world for a specific reason. Wreaking means... A- uh, a cause, a large amount of harm or damage to inflict vengeance. And who wants to do vengeance on us but the enemy? You know, and that's, and you know, and havoc means destruction, confusion, disorder, and devastation. And is that not what he's doing? You know, and of course, you know, that's the plan because he's going down. <laughs> but sometimes we get confused, and we get we see that, and we go, "Oh my God, what's going on?" Well, God knows, you know, and we know, we know. He, we just went through the waking up, so we see what's happening. So we don't have to be fearful. We don't have to think that all this stuff is really going to overtake us as Christians. It's our job to tap into God's power to withstand, conquer defeat, and paralyze the enemy. And that is what we do. We want to paralyze the enemy, even though he thinks he's doing it to us. Amen. Amen. To paralyze means to cause or render someone or something incapable of movement. Unable to think or act normally through fear or panic. And he's about panicking. He, and bring, to bring to a standstill because of disruption. And that's what we are to do to the devil. We're to disrupt. We're to paralyze and make him panic, and we do all of that through prayer. I know when I think about all that stuff, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to start talking about prayer again because <laughs> I am so into that to just destroy the enemy, to disrupt everything he's doing, to cause him to panic because he thought he was winning. But we know, the warriors of God, that he is not going to win, and that it's up to us as those people to take control because that's what we're here to do. We're here to take control. We're here to devastate. We're here to paralyze the devil. Even when he think he's winning, he knows there's something coming against him. Amen. And I, I just get excited just thinking about that and I am expecting that stuff to happen when I pray and you should expect that stuff to happen when you pray. So it's not like what Scott said before about uh we're praying about all of our needs. No, our needs are met through Christ Jesus. So we don't need to pray for our needs. We need to pray against the enemy and what he's doing. Amen. I was looking on a uh, to study a little bit more about the High Holy Feast of Sukkot and what the rabbis and Jewish tradition tradition says and what they expound on, because it's so uh, different sometimes from what we think of when you just really look at the Jewish traditions. And the thing that stood out to me um, was that they had five life lessons for us to reflect on as we sit, our, as we sit in and think about our Sukkotes, because I don't know, some people build their sukkots Some people, you know, we just think about we're in a Sukkot. (laughs) You know, but just to reflect on the things that God has for us and what we're gleaming and what we're getting through all these fall high holy days. And the first one that they talked about is look up. Because sometimes when things are going on, circumstances uh, are overtaking us, that we forget to look up. And, uh, and so when I was going through it, I said, like, okay, look up. And, you, and we hear about that. The Bible tells us to look up a lot of times in the Bible, and sometimes we just read over it. <laughs> but if you're in, in a sukkah, you should be able to see the sky. So we should be able to see the heavens through all the things that we're going through here on earth. We should always be able to look up and say, only you, God. Only you. Because of you, I can make it through all of this stuff, no matter what it is. God tells us to constantly to look up during his feasts, especially these last holy days, to see the signs of the times. And if we know the word, which we should be studying it, not relying on Pastor Scott, myself, or Pastor Huck, but we should be reading the word so we know the signs of the times. Amen? to know and realize the seasons and what God has for us at each of these specific times. We all go through some moments in our lives that will be confusing, some horrible and devastating, but we need to remember we're not the only ones going through these things. So we need to be lifting those people up too, amen? Our forefathers left Egypt and came into a desert wilderness not knowing how they would survive. They didn't have any food. They didn't have any water. They just left because God told them to leave. <laughs> People in Louisiana get hit constantly, and they just got hit with a hurricane. Family members died, got injured, and some have lost every single thing they had. So we need to remember these things and what's happening. And say, God, thank you for your protection you know, for us here, look at the Afghans and some of who were desperate to leave. They hung on to the wings of planes that were taken off to escape, knowing full well they weren't going to survive because who grabs onto the outside of a plane and thinks they're going to survive when it takes off? Yeah, <laughs> that would be panic. <laughs> but, you know, and the Haitians now and the people from El Salvador and all those that have been coming to the U.S. uh, to find a better life, but travel thousands of miles with no means of survival. I mean, when when you think about that, and it's hard for us to even fathom that kind of stuff. You know, and then I thought about when I was going through all that, and I'm like, what are we willing to do to receive the better life God has for us? What are we willing to do he promised us a better life, and he gave us the instructions to accomplish it. And sometimes we forget that. <laughs> he, gave, he tells us what to do. It's just we just have to decide to do it. <laughs> and I think about that, and sometimes you go, okay, God, I know you say that, but I think I need to do this over here. <laughs> and it's, he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm laying it out. I'm laying it out for you. It's just up to us to remember he knows more than we do. (laughs) He knows way more than we do. He knows the ending, but sometimes, you know, our natural mind we just think, okay, I got this, God. (laughs) And and hopefully we got this after we read his word and and tapped into the Holy Spirit to know we really got it (laughs) and we heard something from him. (laughs) Uh, it 's probably hard for us to understand and imagine the things that uh, the people are going through, as I mentioned, but they are real, and even some of the things that we 're going through it 's real and uh, but there might be people that we know right now today that have gone through some trying times and and don 't know how they 're going to make it or survive through it you know and we probably went through some of those some of those things, I mean like that freeze that we had, how, how many of us really thought about how we 're going to make it through this thing? <laughs> it's time and it has been time for us to take a good look at ourselves but our lives and decide what really matters and what's important. And you know, I think about that and it's like, man, some of the things we just blow over things, you know, cuz we actually we have a good life here in America. And sometimes we take it for granted. I mean, look at all the people that are out there now who take it for granted. They're fighting for the wrong things. <laughs> They're listening to the wrong things. But it's still better than a lot of places around the world. So we need to really examine ourselves, look at our lives, look at what we have, and, and thank God for it. And just, you know, say, okay, God, what else is it that you have for us? The Jewish people in the desert had no food or water, no shelter. The people I just mentioned were, um, were and are going through the same things and going through their journeys with no food, no water, and no shelter. And when you look at that thing that they had on TV with the people up under a bridge, that's really no shelter, but it's almost like a sukkah. Yeah, <laughs> But there they are, you know, hoping and probably some of them praying and believing God to come out of this thing. Right, man? But I tell you, how many do we think are looking to God for their help and their supplies? I don't think there might be a few, but not many. All they know is they want to make it there. They want to get to the United States. They want to come here and they want to stay to get the life that they think we have. Because a lot of people think we're rich. And really, we are rich. (laughs) <laughs> when you think about it we are rich but we miss we miss it because we think we don't have enough because God put that in us it's not enough to have this earthly stuff we need our spiritual riches and that alone will help us fill our earthly riches even more amen But I also believe through all those things that are happening, it's a distraction from the enemy. All the things we see, all the things we hear, all the things that are coming upon people, it's a distraction from the enemy. We as Christians need to know God's plan, his word, what's important right now in our lives. And what's important is for us to know that our names are written in the book of life. What's important is to know that we are awakened. We have eyes to see and we have ears to hear what's going on and what God has going on for us. Uh, we must do uh, what, we need, what we must do to live in and under God's protection, his abundance, his plan for our health. He lays it all out for us, but sometimes we miss it, don't we? Like I said, we miss it because we're so, the circumstance and the things we keep our eyes on. Uh, but thank God for his patience with us. Thank God for his mercy and grace that is fresh and new every single day, every single day. And that is the reason for us to celebrate with joy. This is also called the Feast of Joy. Scott mentioned that. Well, that alone is a reason to celebrate and to have joy because we have all of God's protection. And we have his mercy and grace which helps us and sustains us every single day. Day. And thank God that he knows he needs to refresh it every day. <laughs> he knows that sometimes we forget we need to do that for other people, but he knows he needs to do it for us every single day. Amen. God protected his people then in the desert, and he's here with us today doing the exact same thing if we would only look up and see what he's doing for us. The Feast of Sukkot, the Feast of booths it's called the Feast of Joy, is our reminder that faith and trust in Almighty God is our greatest weapon to combat and defeat fear. Because the government and people around us are just spewing out that thing so we can all be fearful of what's going on. But God... But God, when we know God trusts in Him and have faith in what He says He'll do, like our forefathers, there's no fear. There's no fear. Amen. The past year is still going on with COVID and its many facets. We can see we are truly. We can see if we truly look at th- that things our world and some of us things in our lives are really out of control. And I thought, thought about it, said, man, out of God, I mean the things that are going around. We hear so many different things about COVID. There's so many Covids now. You don't know which which is which. There's so <laughs> there's so many remedies. There's so many things, and you know, and the government's not telling us everything about COVID. And I read something the other day that they were hiding and not telling people that most of the people that have died this time from COVID are people that have been vaccinated. That's right. That's and it's like, my goodness, what? What are we hearing and what are we going to take away from that? But you know what? We don't have to listen to any of that. We don't have to take that to heart because we already know God is protecting us. God is protecting us and God tells us what's going on. We already knew this stuff was going to happen because the word told us this stuff was going to come. But some of us or a lot of us weren't even prepared because we didn't didn't pay attention to the times. But when we look around and see everything that He said is happen, was going to happen, is happening. <laughs> the whole world is spinning. Some things in our lives are spinning, and it may feel like it's too hard to hold on. But l- when we lift up our eyes to these the source of our lives, don't crum, don't crumble, <laughs> don't cave in, don't give up. <laughs> And Because God is our source, and God is here to help us through all of these things when we look up to him. The high holy days of Sukkot, the Feast of Booths, is here for every one of us to experience, to live in the shelter of faith, faith in our Father, mighty Jehovah, Amen. because he is our only source when we look to him all the things around us, what we're trying to do. I bought some survival food, because you never know what they're going to be doing with the grocery stores. <laughs> I know they laugh at me, but hey, I've gone to the store and they've been out of stuff. <laughs> well, not only toilet paper, they pull all the stuff up to the front, but it's empty in the back because a lot of the trucks and things can't get through. You know, And I'm like, well, you know what, I'm going to start me a garden. And, you know, isn't that what we're supposed to do anyway? self sustain <laughs> but you know all because of God and, I, and I'm not a gardener <laughs> by any means but I'm going to grow something and I'm going to sustain our family <laughs> because you know because I'm I'm preparing and God tells us to prepare he says look at the ant they don't know what's going on but they're preparing <laughs> so whatever I can do whatever I think I'm going to do I'm going to try to do it because he's telling us to prepare, prepare, prepare. Because these things that I'm talking about are going to happen. They have to happen for Jesus to come. And don't we want him to come? We want him to come. Not to save us because he already saved us. <laughs> he's coming to win the world back. <laughs> he's coming to win the world back. Luke twenty-one, twenty-eight says, Now when these things begin to occur... Look up and lift up your heads. Don't be cowered down because of the stuff going on. Because your redemption deliverance is drawing near. Amen. So I get excited when I hear about all this stuff because I know Amen. God, Jesus is coming soon. Amen. And you know what? And we're all going to be caught up. You know, caught up to be more equipped than we're being equipped now. Amen. That's why we're being caught up. Because we're going to come back. And sometimes we think we're going to get caught up and we're going to stay there forever. That's not the plan. (laughs) Because so so we want to remind ourselves during this time to look up. Look up and see what God is doing. Number two, we don't need all the stuff. (laughs) I thought about that when I read through these, uh, the life lessons of Sukkot, and I thought, Man, because I know my garage is full and I'm trying to get rid of it. (laughs) But it's like, we don't need all the stuff. Right now, millions of Jewish people are leaving the comforts of their homes and staying in a sukkah, a temporary dwelling. Some of us, we can't do that. You know, I I guess if you have a gazebo and all that, you can go out there and stay for a few hours or, or things like that, but we need to do something temporary. They are remembering that with everything going on, the most important source of joy is being with family, thinking about God, and his provision for us that he's supplying. According to Aish, the seven days of Sukkot represents the seven decades of a person's life. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) What is it that really counts in, in the end? Did or do we need stuff to make us happy? We don't we don't. This life we live is temporary. That doesn't mean we can't have the comforts of life. That doesn't mean that at all. That we can uh, afford, that we should afford. We don't need to be buying stuff we can't afford. (laughs) Because even a little bit of stuff we can afford is better than a whole lot of people in the world have. Amen? But we can't have that distract us from spending more time with God and those we love. And sometimes Stuff keeps us distracted from our families, for being with our kids, or whoever's near us that we love. We forget, and, we, and it keeps us from God. Right now, people all over the world are remembering though, those we lost and regretting moments that have been lost with them. Stuff will steal away those precious moments if we don't pay attention to what's truly important. Sukkot is really a spiritual time out for us. It gives us time to think about what's really important to us as people and as Christians. What is it we're supposed to be doing as Christians during this time? Loving on other people, loving our families, even though some of, us might, some of them might make us mad. <laughs> some, of us, some of them might get on our nerves, but you know what? We still love them, and sometimes even though we don't, aren't around them all the time, we just need to let them know we love you. We don't have to be around you all the time, but we love you. <laughs> Just letting people know that sometimes will bring a smile on their faces. Amen. First Timothy uh, 6, verse 6, 7, and 11 says, And it is indeed a source of immense profit for godliness accompanied with contentment. Inward sufficiency is great and abundant gift gain. For we bought nothing into the world, and obviously we cannot take anything out of the world. But as for you, O man and woman of God, flee from all these things, the love of money. Aim Aim at and pursue righteousness with God, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness of heart. Because I was looking at some this lady. I went to the grocery store. She was out asking for money, and she, you know, for change. And I thought, I went past her, and I, you know, and I said, well, maybe when we come out of the store. And then I thought about it when I was in the store, and I thought, you know what? I don't know what she's going through. I don't know what, she might not be going through anything. She might just, that might be her job <laughs> to be out there begging. But, you know, I thought about it, and I thought, you know what? I don't know. She might really need it. And I don't want to miss an opportunity to do a good deed during these times. So when I came out, I actually gave her some money, and I gave her more than what she, I gave her more than change. I gave her some dollars. (laughs) But I told her, God bless you. This is from the Lord. (laughs) So she knew she got more than what she was asking for, and she only got it because of God. And that is what we need to let people know around us. The things that we're doing for them, the things that we're doing for ourselves, it's because of God and because we love them. And we do that because God loves us. Amen. Amen. Number three, we come from greatness. According to the Jewish tradition, each night uh, we are given a time to pray a special prayer as we invite holy guests into our uh, sukkah and homes. And they are referring to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Aaron, and David. And that's what they do. Not that we do it, but that's part of what the the holiday is. Abraham was courageous. And some of this, God said, and we looked at it as, you know, folklore, folklore or whatever. But Abraham was courageous. Isaac was bound up on wood, even though he knew what was happening Jacob was strong and wrestled. Moses was raised to the heavens. Aaron was like a deputy at the altars, which kind of what we're doing, priest, and, you know, at the altar of God. We're the temple, so we are taking care of it. Uh, David was shown favor, and Joseph saved his family. How many of us are saving our families? When you speak to them about the Lord, when you just say, God bless you, I love you, that's speaking to them because they know it's in your heart. And why it's in there is because of the Lord. Amen. Amen. uh, All of them transformed a morally desolate world into a place of kindness, compassion, and awareness of God. Every time we tell somebody, God bless you, it's making them think about God. We all are given the ability to draw upon the blessings of those who came before us. We all have that ability. On the merit of Abraham, on the merit of Jesus, you know, all of that we can remind God of. On their merit, not what we're doing, but on their merits, oh, God, supply all of my needs. (laughs) Keep me healthy. (laughs) Amen? On their merit. their every struggle and challenge becomes a stepping stone for our own personal life journey because they laid it all out for us. When we realize the greatness we come from and are given the strength to pick ourselves up and keep walking, that is a feat in itself to have faith in what our forefathers have done, looking at what they did, their faith in God and how they kept going and how we have luxuries now and we need to keep walking and keep going in our journey. Amen. We too can bring light into the world of darkness. We can bring calm into chaos. <laughs> we must only invite greatness into our lives. We speak of them, at the, we speak of them right now as Christians as a great cloud of witnesses. So they're watching what we're doing. Amen. We look back at what they're doing and they're looking at us to see what we're doing. Hebrews 13, 7 says, remember your leaders and superiors in authority, for it was they who bought to you the word of God. Observe attentively and consider the ma- their manner of living, the outcome of their well-spent lives, and imitate their faith, their conviction that God exists, that he is the creator and ruler of all things, the provider and the bestower of eternal salvation through Christ and their their leaning of of their entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. That is our heritage, amen? Number four, the gift of humility. If there's one character trait that... uh, keeps us and uh, pushes us, godliness, out of our lives, it's arrogance. (laughs) When you are so full of yourself, there's no space or room for anyone else, not even God. And we see that today. So many people are arrogant. They have no room for anybody else. It's all about me and no more. You know, but that's not the way God planned it. We're to lift, reach down, and pull somebody else up. Amen. If we want our lives to be filled with love and meaning, discover and seek humility. know how to put on how to put others first, uh, which sometimes we forget about that, <laughs> even here when we 're in this building, sometimes we forget about that. <laughs> know how to put others first, don't live a selfie life. Now, how many people we see around they take a hundred million pictures of a, a week of themselves, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like. Why are you taking so many pictures? You still look the same. (laughs) But we don't need to turn the lens only on ourselves. We need to be looking around us at other people. And and how how many with them doing that, look at all the things they're missing. They don't even know what's going on in the world because they're too busy taking selfies (laughs) and posting and telling everybody everything about their lives that people don't really need to know. (laughs) it's time for us to look and feel the pain of another have compassion each day we need to ask ourselves how is this world better because i exist how is this world better because we exist what is it that we can do to change it might be something small but it's still a change in this world because our job is to make this world be like heaven. The kingdom come. So when Jesus comes, he's not in some foreign land. He, he knows he's home. Amen? Amen. Make space or room for other people. Be a giver, which we are here in this church. We do so much for people around the world, orphans, Holocaust survivors, you know, in Israel. You know what? And God puts that in our book That we are givers, and we do it joyfully. We don't do it because we have to, because, of course, as human beings, we don't do anything anybody tells us we have to do. (laughs) We go, wait a minute, I'll think about that, or 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 uh, I'll pray about it. (laughs) But, you know, thank God we are givers. A rabbi said no one should ever be too high to hear the cries of a child or another person for that matter. We are all children of the most high God. None of us can ever feel too high to hear the cries and heartbreak of others. Amen. Because we look at the people in, uh, and I think about it in Louisiana, they get hit every year. And it's like, what is it that can be done so that doesn't happen? But I think they're just in the line of fire, you know, just where they are on the continent. But you know what? we need to remember their heartbreak. We need to remember that and have that in us to build up that compassion so we still believe in giving. Amen. You know, and it's not always money. Sometimes it's our time to pray because, you know, prayer changes things. Amen. Amen. Psalm 5, 7 says, but as for me, I will enter your house through the abundance of, of your steadfast love and mercy. I will worship Toward and at your holy temple in reverent fear and awe of you. And it's like, you know what? We need to have that, um, that awe of God because sometimes, you know, we want Him to do things, but He has greater things planned for us. What we see is just a little bit of what God sees for us. And, and you know, and I think about that and it's like, you know what, God? I'm striving to do this, but I know you have more for me to do. Whatever it is, lay it on me, equip me, give me what I need to know, anoint me to go far beyond what I think that I can do because I can only think so far as a human being. But God knows what we are capable of. And that's why I love just telling everybody, and I wear that T-shirt, I'm a prayer warrior, and I am here to fight the enemy, and I know full well that I'm going to devastate him and that I'm going to win, and he is defeated. Amen? Number five, feel God's hug. Um, A a sukkah requires at least two complete walls and a third wall that can be one God-breathed, or it's a measurement, like, the you know, I looked that up. It's a, a unit of measurement, like four fingers, equivalent to four fingers. So the other one doesn't have to be very big. According to H, that is the image of a hug. The sukkah is an image of a hug. The sukkah is God's embrace of us. So when we sit in there, it's like God embracing us and hugging us like he did to them in the desert. He, he was protecting them with his wings of love when they sat in the sukkah. Each and every one of us is precious. It's a reminder of the protection, support, and provision that God gives us. It's reminding us that no matter what we think we have, God has something greater. He's hugging us and hurting us where we need to go every single day. When you give someone a hug, you wrap your arms around them, around the back of their neck and back, and pull them close. Their face is not seen because you're just hugging them. You're hugging them. You're giving them all the love and comfort and protection and support you can at that moment in that hug. And uh, so, too, we are being embraced by God. It doesn't matter what we look like, if we're spiritual or if we contemplate the mistakes we've made or those we believe may create obstacles in our lives. What we do know and need to remember is that we enter knowing we are loved by God. Every person who wants to come close to God is hugged and loved unconditionally. So let's lift up our hearts and hear the whisper of the Sukkah, feel the hug of Almighty God, and reference and reference 2 Timothy 3.17, which says, so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well-fulfilled, and thoroughly equipped for every good work. And did, did Scott just say that in prayer? <laughs> God's hugging us. He's giving us provision. He's giving us support so that we are ready and fitted and proficient to do every good work here on earth. That's what God does for us when we open up and feel the hug of God surrounding us. And sometimes we need to remember that. That God is there. He's with us even though we don't feel him. We might not, you know, feel, see things going on the way we think they should be going. But we need to realize through it all, God is with us. He's hugging us. He's protecting us. He's doing everything he can to keep us on the straight and narrow path. He's doing everything he can and telling us every single thing that we need to know to know the plan he has for us. And all we need to do is remind ourselves, God is with me. There is a prayer that's spoken as we say farewell to Sukkot that I found on Aish, and uh, so it says, "May it be Your will, Hashem, our God, and the will of our forefathers, that just as I have fulfilled the mitzvah and dwelled in the sukkah, so may I merit, so may I merit in the coming year to dwell in the sukkah." Next year in Jerusalem. And I tell you, even though we say that uh, for the new year, next year in Jerusalem, we can say the same thing for us in the you know in Sukkot. Next year in Jerusalem, we will be sitting in a sukkah over there, knowing that God is our supplier, knowing that God is hugging us, knowing that He has given us all the provision. And how many of us want to go over there? We all want to go. we all want to go and at one point in time I believe God will give everybody the the amount of money we need to get over there to just stand on holy ground because just when you think about that you know Jesus walked all over Israel all over he taught the people there and it's like you know I want to go over there I want I want to feel the ground I want to walk where Jesus walked but, you know, you think about it, and back in the day, there was no separation of the continent, so they walked everywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, God, how can we get to do that again? But I think, you know, when he comes back, we're going to be able to go everywhere. We're going to be able to go everywhere. I know he's going to catch us up. He's going to equip us so that no matter what it is we have to do on earth here, when we come back, we're going to rule. We're going to reign. We're going to tell everybody about God. We're going to, he's going to give us jobs that we thought we couldn't even hold because he's equipping us. He's making it so we are proficient, and he's doing that now. He's making us proficient in the things that he wants us to do. And sometimes we forget and we ask God, what is our calling? Whatever you're doing that you're proficient in, he's equipped you to do it. Amen.